All right, AEW. Double or nothing now in the books, so we come here to celebrate. And by here, I do mean the wonderful world of No Mercy. Tonight, going to be going for the Hardcore Championship in honor of the legend, Chris Jericho, and the performance they just put on for Double or Nothing. The pay-per-view just wrapping up. If you are looking to avoid spoilers, now would absolutely be your time to leave. Going to run through the card, have some fun playing some No Mercy, and just have a uh, have a good time with it. So, going to go over... Oh, I think we're in the middle of a... Uh, yeah, we're in the middle of The Undertaker going for the European title. We'll switch that up. Do I want to overwrite? Yeah, I wish you could go for more than one at one time, but uh, here we are. Hardcore title. Got to go with Chris Jericho. So let's start. AEW, double or nothing. It was a jam-packed arena at uh, Daly's Place this evening for AEW's double or nothing. Look, uh, again, it's it'd be one thing to put... like If you did that in Calgary, it probably wouldn't be ideal. But doing it in Florida... I don't really have much of a problem with the, uh, the the whole crowd thing, and I have to say that crowd absolutely added to the atmosphere of the event. There are t- sometimes, especially in North America, where I think the crowds can kind of take away from the event, but I do not believe that was the case with this one, as this crowd, right from the word go, was, as the kids would say, here for it. The uh, pre-match show is Serena D, or pre-show match, pre-match show does not make any sense the pre-show match i believe they called it the buy-in was serena deeb defending the nwa women's championship against riho the finish comes in 14 minutes and five seconds with serena deeb getting the win i I thought a good match riho is someone who i think they need to do a lot of um a lot of rehab on if they're going to have her be a a real serious contender to the the women's championship It, it was it was neat that she won the title. It was a very underwhelming championship reign. And now I, I just don't think anyone in the audience is taking her seriously as anything at all. So um, Serena Deep, it's always fun seeing her do her thing. And she, she ends up getting a win. Good match. Uh, a fun kickoff show match. One thing I really liked about this. I, I need, not want, need more outdoor professional wrestling in my life. I, I don't, I understand, like, it, it is uh, an uncontrolled environment, and, like, if you're trying to do the Undertaker's entrance when it's sunny outside, it looks a little stupid, but I, I think that it, it creates a dip- different atmosphere as the show goes along, and one thing that I, I think we can take away from this pandemic era of professional wrestling is that not everything needs to look the same all the time, um... The, the WWE ends up going with that with the Thunderdome. But I, I think that we can go a little bit untraditional now with some of the ways that we go about putting on professional wrestling. And one of them, I think, would be outside. And, and uh, this is coming from someone who ha- has done ring announcing at some shows outdoors. It is an absolute blast. It kind of feels like that is where professional wrestling should be. Oh, triple powerbomb spots. All right. Um... And so I, I thought it created a, a really neat atmosphere and a real neat aesthetic to the evening with 
the, uh, the the outdoor venue. I know they've been outdoor before, and I know that's where they have something like Dark and Dark Evolution and stuff like that. But for a pay-per-view, I thought this was really, really neat and definitely something I would love to see them try. We start things off with Hangman Adam Page getting a win over Brian Cage in 12 minutes. I thought this was fantastic. I loved every second of this bout. I, I, I thought both men worked really, really hard. And the thing that I liked about this that wasn't necessarily there for the whole night, but I thought the commentary team was spectacular for this and uh, I thought they did a very good job of telling the story that the two men in the ring told the story very very well but I thought the the commentary team was right in sync with them the whole time and that really added to the match you continue the infighting in team Taz with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks uh, you have Hook I believe we are going by as he comes out to the ring for a bit of interference that Brian Cage did not want I think Brian Cage screams superstar if he has a mouthpiece i do not like that we are breaking him away from team taz unless we are doing some kind of brian cage uh christian cage thing i don't, I don't love it um we'll see how the whole story goes but I thought for tonight it was really, really good. You get uh, Hangman Adam Page, his win back, and I would imagine he is the one who gets built up for Chicago. You can tell the story of going to All Out where he had the chance to win the championship the first time and doesn't, and now he gets the opportunity to win the championship again. I, I think that is the story that we will tell going into AEW's All Out coming up in September. But uh, yeah, Hangman Adam Page ends up getting the win in what I thought was a very good match. Unfortunately for those two men, it was match of the show for all of one match, as the Young Bucks with Nick and Mac Jackson steal the show with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, the finish coming at exactly 21 minutes. This was spectacular. Um, it, it, it may have gone a touch long, that, that is my only critique. If we are doing these star ratings, um, it, it would stay at a four and a half stars for me. And the only reason would be that it, it may have gone on just a, a little bit too long, in, in my opinion. But overall, I, I thought they, they once again told an excellent story. I thought the commentary team was spectacular on this night or on this match anyway. And so I, I thought that this was, yeah, I thought it was really, really fun. Uh, I thought it was an, an excellent, excellent match. A, a touch surprise, the Young Bucks get the win. And the, the reason being is you have the, this Moxley and Eddie Kingston thing where like Moxley, a couple of cracks at the championship ends up not going well for him. And now he is kind of taking that step back to try to take two steps forward. And he takes another step back by losing to the Young Bucks. And I understand there is uh, a little bit of shenanigans going on in this one. And mayhaps this story continues beyond this match. But I, I'm a little surprised and curious to see what they do with Moxley and with Kingston. Because I don't think you want to hold up the tag team division the entire summer with this feud. Because you have a number of pretty good tag teams that are involved in this. One tag team is going to be going a different direction now. As we will discuss in our next bout. As Jungle Boy is your winner of the Casino Battle Royal for a future championship match. At the AEW World Championship. And this crowd wanted nothing more than to see Jungle Boy win. We'll, we'll get to the finish in a sec. I thought they actually, like what you want when you have a lot of these matches is to have a few different ways you can go storyline-wise out of this. And I thought they almost did a very good job with that. The issue is that it, it didn't seem, like the commentary wasn't really synced up with them. Like they, they were kind of off doing their own thing. And 
I, I don't think you need to be WWE where everyone knows exactly what's going to happen at every moment. And, and it was much more free flowing in that sense. And in certain instances, it's fun, but you need to have some of the bullet points. And it felt like they missed a few of those with, with a couple of the eliminations. And also, and it's been one of my issues with AEW the whole time is they are not WWE when it comes to camera cuts and those sorts of things. And to a certain extent, that can be a positive with some of the camera cuts that you see in the WWE. And when you're having those hockey fight things and there's 45 camera cuts and I start to get motion sick, that ain't fun either. But I, I thought in this one, the camera would cut away from a big moment and you don't really get a reaction. And it's, oh, wait, what What did we just see? Oh, th this was actually, like, we, we didn't really get to see, um, hit the, I forget the dude's name, the hairy guy, hit uh, Dustin Rhodes with the, with the bull rope. We just, we didn't get that really on camera. We didn't get much of a, a follow-up to that. So it, it, it wasn't supposed to be the main focus of the match, but we are supposed to be getting a, another match coming off of this. And we're going to be getting that coming up on, on Friday on Dynamite. But we don't really get to focus on it here because the, the camera production or the, the camera cuts just didn't really play out for them the way they wanted them to. And, and that is where I think WWE can shine. They certainly have some production issues and there is no question about that, but I've noticed it in, in, in new Japan and I've noticed it with AEW where some of the, the camera cut situations, you just don't really get the same story being told sometimes because the camera isn't in the right spot or the shot isn't right exactly where you want it to be. So that's unfortunate, but we get to the end and I had kind of thought this was setting up for a, a Christian um, championship opportunity. We, we saw him start off his AEW career with a, a meeting with Kenny Omega and with uh, Gallows and Anderson. And so I thought this was the way to set them up. Quick side note. I think it's hilarious. I just won that with a basement dropkick after a snapmare. So the listen, anything can happen in the WWF. We we have just seen that with Chris Jericho picking up another important victory over Dean Malenko on this night with a uh, a snapmare ending and a dropkick putting the uh, the finishing touches on this one. So very very happy about that win. As far as the finish of the match goes, like I was saying, you, you get down to your final three where it is Matt Hardy, it is Christian Cage, and it's Jungle Boy. And you have Christian with a quick elimination of Matt Hardy. And I was getting a little bit worried because I thought it was going to be Christian because of how they'd set things up when Christian debuted. And this crowd wanted nothing more than Jungle Boy to get that win. And when he does, and like as the match is going on, first, when he comes out, he is the first one in his uh, suit, I guess. He is the first one to come out. And he gets the full reaction with that crowd. And they are singing along. And they are absolutely loving everything about it. And you can just feel like, okay, this, this is hitting different than some of these other things. This guy is one of those things. One of the things I like to say he just, he's screaming superstar. Like the, it is just hitting you right in the face that this dude is a star and we know he's going to be one, but is he one right now? We'll see. They're, they're going to attach a rocket to him though. Cause he does end up getting the win in a really fun finishing kind of sequence, I guess with, with Christian, he goes over Christian kind of gives him the like, Hey, you, when you get that championship, I get the first shot, uh, a bit of an endorsement. It, it just, it felt like a star was born on this night with jungle boy. And I, I am a big fan of his. And I, I think when you look at 
what AEW is looking to build. You you obviously have the guys of the now, right? You have the elite. You have um you have Chris Jericho. You you have some of these guys who are well, Christian. You you have these guys who are established, but you have this young crop coming up. Whether it is um, MJF and Jungle Boy on the women's side, I, I think Britt Baker, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, I think Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida and Jade Cargill, who just is just prints money at some point in her career. I, I, I don't think there's a question about that. Um, but I, I think AEW's future is set up really, really well. And that's why I'm excited to see this extra hour of TV they're going to get at the end of the summer. But Jungle Boy is a part of this future. Like, he could be a, a cornerstone of your franchise guy for AEW for the next very long time. The next bout was Cody Rhodes, the American dream for one night, taking on... Anthony Agogo. I love the 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 logo that Agogo has, uh, which you can tell I haven't been drinking to watch this because there's no way I'd be able to get that sentence out if I was. But for Anthony Agogo, I love the logo on his jersey, how they, they tie in the Olympics and his Olympic experience into that. This match really never got into second gear for me. And much like this feud has never really got into second gear for me. And I understand that this feud is not for me. The uh, American patriotism angle, probably not targeted at the guy from Assiniboia, Saskatchewan living in Calgary currently. Like that, that's just, it, it's not really where I'm, it's not really where they're going to go if they're going to get me. Um, and so it's just, it, it makes sense that a go-go doesn't get the win here over Cody Rhodes. I know everyone wants the young guy to go over the old guys all the time, but a go-go is just not on that level yet. And I, I think that would be putting far too much on him too quickly. If you were to go with a, a win for Anthony, a go-go over Cody Rhodes, what's next with this group? I don't know. What's next with Cody? I talking with uh, with my boy Mike about this the other day, and he mentioned that someone, I believe on Reddit, said that it, it seems like Cody Rhodes. Every feud he is in is on a different show. Like everything else, kind of ties in together. The Dark Order is involved in everything. Like all these things are the same. And then Cody's is just on his own show, and I can't stop thinking about that when I see Cody. He just everything about him seems orchestrated and contrived and nothing nothing feels real about what he is doing right now and i mean part of it is like he's just a very polished individual right but that 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 can work in corporate settings and i'm sure that has helped them greatly in putting together AEW Dynamite and and everything that they have done but i think that this guy is going to eventually be the heel of this company i wonder if like we're, we're we're in this story where, and it hasn't been talked about for a while, but Cody can't go for the world title. I wonder if there's some kind of thing where he is the one to end the, the Kenny Omega uh, belt collector thing that is going on right now, where it's like, hey, look, Cody can't do this, but Kenny's beaten everyone else. So Cody ends up winning some kind of number one contender thing, and that's the, the workaround after a couple of years of following this. I for, for whatever reason, that is how I feel like this Kenny Omega thing ends. Uh, I'm not saying that's what I would do, but I'm just saying like it, it just it feels like that's how it's going to go in in my humble opinion. But yeah, th this was this was a match that did a very good job of letting me get up and go get a, a bubbly or a buble and kind of stretch my legs after sitting and watching the first hour of the show. Like, it, it just, 
not every match on the show is going to be a five-star classic or a four-and-a-half-star classic. And this one wasn't, and it wasn't supposed to be. It was just to get a go-go a bit of a spotlight. And it does that. It gets Cody Rhodes a win, and it gets him to be able to cut some weird patriotic promo and then use the American Dream name for a night. I was kind of hoping it would be like some weird Finn Balor thing where... We're bleeding. Um, where he like he he's all face painted up, like he looks like Sting at the Great American Bash, where he he's got the the red, white, and blue face paint. He's got red, white, and blue whatever, and he's just like this completely different person with a completely different move set. And I think that's kind of what they're trying to tell with the Vertebreaker storyline. But uh, other than that, like I, I didn't see a, a massive change from American Dream to or American Nightmare to American Dream. But yeah, it it was what it was. It, it wasn't an offensive outing for Cody Rhodes or Anthony Agogo, and we just moved on to the TNT Championship with Miro taking on Lance Archer, and this was fun. This is a match of two guys who I've always had a bit of a soft spot for, and they just put on a bit of a show. It was just two tanks colliding into each other, and eventually Miro ends up getting the win. Uh, they get a bit of time, 9 minutes and 50 seconds, if this is the end of the feud, fine. If not, that that's fine too. I, I love this Miro character. This is, if we had to go through the hell of the best man, weird video game guy angle to get to the heaven that is what Miro is doing now, then it was absolutely all worth it because this is one of my fa favorite characters in professional wrestling right now is Miro. And I will, I said this on Twitter. I've, I've liked Lance Archer since he was Lance Hoyt in TNT, or in, sorry, in TNA, and he was doing, like, they, they were kind of selling him as, hey, he's this six foot eight guy who's doing all the stuff the X Division dudes are doing, so pay attention to this guy. I thought he was great in that role, and just never seemed to click. This one's clicking for me, that this guy could be a world champion at some point, I think. So, happy that this is uh, a storyline that we got in a match that we got, that this was uh, a really, really fun night for me in terms of that. And then we talk about A Star is Born. You get the Women's Championship on the line. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, a chant that was so over. And she ends up getting the win over Hikaru Shida in a, a good match. There's obviously some sloppy spots in it, and it, it was just... It, it kind of felt like they were both just trying to hold on to the steering wheel at points in this, but it, it ends up getting Britt Baker the win. She stays heel. It's fine. Um, but she ends up getting a, a very big win. A cool moment with, with Tony Schiavone going and giving her a hug at the entrance ramp at the end. I'm sure they can kind of tell a fun story off of that in, in some way, shape, or form. But Britt Baker is the best woman on this roster and thus she should be the women's champion it, it, it was a great run for Hikaru Shida and you can see she was obviously choked up that she got to defend her championship in a full arena for the first time that, that was obviously a big moment for her and I'm, I'm happy she got it I think I think she also can be a star and I, I said on Twitter I can see these two feuding forever that this could very well be the Trishan Lita of the the current W or of of AEW uh, compared to this area that I'm playing on No Mercy right now um I think they could be that. You have Jade Cargill there as well. You're starting to really build a women's division in AEW, and I would like to see them kind of build on it a little bit more. But you have an absolute superstar and a, a truly uh, a truly great talent, I feel like, in Britt Baker. 
We then go to Sting and Darby Allen against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, and we got a whole lot more out of Sting than I think anyone was anticipating. You, you kind of knew you were going to get the You Still Got It chance to the, the 61-year-old Sting in the ring, but he still had it, and I, I loved this match. I, it's, it's not going to go down as the great match on this card or a great match in the careers of any of these men, but I, I thought, again, you tell the story of these two cocky guys who just love kicking the absolute shit out of Darby Allen, and you have the, the veteran Sting who is there to kind of help him out. I, I thought that spot where both Ethan Page and, um, and Darby Allen when they were both locked in to those submission holds and they're both gouging each other. I thought that was tremendous. Um, I, yeah, I just, I can't say enough good things about this match. I thought it was great. I, I, I really did. I, I don't know. I, I hope this is the last time we see Sting for a while in a match. Um, I, I don't need to see Sting every single week. We said that on the, the preview show, but what we did get here was really, really cool and really, really fun. And I enjoyed the absolute hell out of it. So bravo on this one. You're going to, you've probably noticed by now there's not a whole lot of negativity coming out of this show. I thought this was a great outing as they would say for AEW that this was, um, yeah, this was fantastic for AEW the whole night. Um, we go from there to the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, Kenny Omega defends against Orange Cassidy and the Bastard Pack, which again, Justin Roberts loves being able to say bastard in front of a packed arena. Uh, by the way, Justin Roberts really good at what he does. I, I think he sets the moment up really, really well. The AEW World title on the line, Kenny Omega retains after exactly 27 minutes in a great finish. The crowd was so hyped for Orange Cassidy and then just a quick crucifix off of a pin perfect absolutely it was just quick it was out of nowhere after you have kenny omega just annihilating the holy hell out of pack with all of the belts that he has orange cassidy comes in orange cassidy is again one of the most over wrestlers in wrestling right now and you can talk about his gimmick all you want he brought it tonight all three guys did i i said with stephanie this week that i thought this could be a match of the year contender i don't know if this is going to go down as that but i thought this was tremendous again i, I probably overused that word tonight a lot but i i was i was so invested in it and I, I did not believe that any of these men were going to unseat kenny omega as the all elite wrestling world heavyweight champion and when you have a match like that it's like the the rick flair matches the only thing you can do the way you can judge if the, if these types of matches are good or not basically is do i believe any of the near falls of the challenger and i didn't with pack it, it just it never felt like that was really it never felt like that was really going to happen but i bought it with orange cassidy i bought it hook line and sinker every time or not every time but a couple of times with Really? S.A. Rios is the first t title challenger in this backroom brawl. Uh, but it's fun that we're doing the, the backroom brawl here, or the locker room brawl with with Chris Jericho after what we saw tonight. But I, I, I bought a couple of those false finishes from Orange Cassidy tonight. When he hits the orange punch on a few of the guys, I, yeah, I was very much there for it. And... I love the finish. I, I think you come away like, I want to see more from Pac. The one thing I, I don't necessarily understand is he is in a tag team match now right away here against the Young Bucks. I thought you could kind of, if you're going to do a bit of interference in this and you're going to have 
pack spin off to and i don't know if they're spinning off into a feud with the bucks but even just set up a tv match have the bucks interfere in this match and then it, it sets up a, a pretty obvious thing it probably it's probably obvious anyway this is probably me overthinking things but i, I think that this like th this was something that you you could have done to to kind of tie into the the match on dynamite a little bit more but uh, overall again i i'm not going to critique this that this was art the, the entire match and then we get Stadium Stampede, the inner circle with a victory over the pinnacle. Um, there is no time listed on Wikipedia at this moment, but you, you do get the, the win for the inner circle. And I I let out an audible, oh, when that match ended. A, I, I thought we would get all 10 people back at ringside instead of just a, a couple versions of them uh, or a couple of versions of these teams before the, the the finish came so that surprised me a little bit and i thought this was the end of the inner circle i i really did i i thought this was when they were going to break them up i i didn't again this isn't me hoping that the inner circle was going to be done this was me just thinking that the inner circle would be done but they weren't and they they end up getting the pinfall in this and this was again just a blast um, is it picture-perfect wrestling the whole way? No, it is not. Um, but I, I was not expecting to see Urban Meyer at any point on my television today. So there you go. You get an Urban Meyer cameo. And it was just, it was fun brawling. You, you have some creative spots with the the forklift stuff. Some of the Sean Spears, uh, Sammy Guevara stuff was interesting. I, I thought, again, Wardlow looks like an absolute beast when he's in there anytime, and Jake Hager is a good kind of counterbalance to him. I thought their stuff was great. I thought the stuff in the bar with Santana and Ortiz was a whole lot of fun. It was just, it was fun. It was fun, but you also kind of got across the seriousness of the whole thing. And I understand why they did this match when they did, because you are only going to have access to this type of event. Um for a little bit longer before you like you can't do stadium stampede from a hockey rink in st louis in november like that's just that that is not how this is going to go so you, you have to do this while you still have access to the football stadium but if, if you're gonna have the inner circle win here and not break up i don't know what the point of doing this was right away from from a storytelling standpoint from logistics again i get it but from the, the for the story of this now where where does this end where do you go from here and do you continue on with this feud with these two sides i i don't know um if we like the more jericho mjf on my television the better i will never complain about that uh, i thought their stuff was obviously the highlight whether it be the the staple or the baseball bat or the the stuff with shad khan i thought all of it was really fun but the whole thing like that there was no there was no low points and this ends up being a show that goes around four hours and at no point did it feel like a four-hour show like it it it's it's weird to say about a four-hour television show but i i thought it kind of flew by for four hours and oh no like it just the the cody rhodes match ends up being a bit of a um a, a bit of a letdown match but aside like that didn't drag it was 10 minutes everything else was entertaining i i am looking forward to more of the stories on uh on dynamite coming up here in the future and yeah, I I cannot say enough good things about this show. I I was thinking about it tonight and it was just like that this is this is one of those nights where you just fall in love with professional wrestling again. The storytelling hits, the crowd was a huge factor th this whole night. I cannot say enough 
about how awesome that crowd was the entire way. And you, when you have these empty arena shows, and, and AEW has had sparsely populated shows for a little bit now, but when you have these shows, you don't really know what the general wrestling public is reacting to and what they're not reacting to. And tonight, you got a very very clear indication of what the public's reacting to and a little bit of what they're not but there was a lot on this show that was as they would say in the business uh over and i i thought again i thought that they did an excellent job the crowd really plays a whole factor into it but like i was saying before when you get this night where the creative really seems to hit and the wrestlers seem to hit i thought the commentary at times, it was a little wobbly, but overall, I, I thought they did a good job of getting everything across that needed to be getted, uh, need, needed to be getted, Jesus, that needed to be put across, excuse me, I thought they did an excellent job, and the crowd is into it, and it was just, it was one of those perfect nights where everything hit, and because it's AEW's first venture out with a crowd, this kind of felt like a new beginning, like, this felt like AEW starting all over again, it just, it felt like a very big night in the history of AEW, and when you look back on it, like, you get Jungle Boy getting one of his first major wins, Britt Baker gets a championship win, but aside from that, like, there isn't anything that's monumental on this show, but just what it represented with the crowd back and kind of the end of the this pandemic era. Like, it's... And, and I don't know what their plan is going forward but before they start touring again, but it, it just... It felt like a new beginning, and it felt like you were watching something special tonight. I had no problem putting down the $55. I'm probably going to watch this replay tomorrow. I, I just... I can't say enough good things about this show. And like I said before, I I kind of fell in love with professional wrestling all over again. This one, this is one of the first, like I, I thought the last time I felt this was WrestleMania after the first night. And you're going to get that with WrestleMania. Like that's just a, a thing that happens, right? But this one just kind of hit different, if that makes sense. And this was one of those ones where I I missed being, and I, I was never a major part of anything, but I, I missed just being a part of anything when it came to being a, a regular ring announcer with a promotion in Ontario, or just, I, I just, I missed being a part of it, and I felt like I missed out not being a part of the professional wrestling industry. So, um, yeah, I, I, I cannot say enough positive things about how great, this show was if you have not watched it and you just got everything spoiled for you then uh, my apologies but still go back and absolutely check this out this is where the, the podcast portion of this is going to wrap up going to post the, the, this podcast will be posted late Sunday night, maybe even early Monday morning. I'm going to have another podcast coming out on Monday with some of the, the major sportsy things that happened. Apparently, the Colorado Avalanche are very good at the sport of hockey. Uh, we found that out in a, a incredible fashion tonight. So some of those weekend storylines going to be talked about on Monday. So the podcast is done, and the, the Twitch stream is just getting started. <laughs>